0: This morning I'd like you to turn to our text again, which is a very familiar text because it's the same one we had two weeks ago, and that is 1 Corinthians 10.4, which says, And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Let us pray. O Lord, how great Thou art. How gracious Thou art, how merciful Thou art, how full of love Thou art, how caring Thou art, how faithful Thou art. And Lord, as we come to Thee today, we ask, O Lord, according to Thy faithfulness, when You tell us, Lord, two or more are gathered in Thy name, You will be here in the midst of us. And Lord, we pray for that this hour, that You would be pleased to dwell among us that you would reveal thyself as God with us, that great Emmanuel that you sent to die for our sins and to make us complete in him. O oh Lord, I pray at this hour that you would speak thy truth to the souls of thy people, that you loose my lips to speak thy truth, and that you would gather all thoughts and lay them captive before thee. And Lord, may you be glorified, and may thy name be lifted up. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said two weeks ago, we, we came and were brought to this text, and I knew then that there was a lot more to be said about it because the Lord and His type goes on throughout the wilderness journey. And, and last time, as the Lord brought me up here, we, we spoke and focused more on Christ being that rock. That he was chosen of God, that God stood over that rock, and He said, "This is the one." And and certainly, I hope by the power of the Holy Ghost, we saw that the Lord chose and anointed His Son, the one and only, to be the rock for His people. Uh, we we talked about the smiting of the rock and how necessary it was that the Lord Jesus Christ, who came down here and clothed Himself with the our sinful flesh. Uh, was made in the likeness of it. Of course, He had no sin, but He took upon our sins. And how that had to take place, how that was the plan of salvation, and because that rock was smited that way, because of Christ, He made that way of of the Father's love so that the Father's love could come gushing out of the rock. And that love would be permeated throughout His children's life all of their days. And we talked about that rock, and we talked about that phrase that had followed them. We talked about what the Lord said in His Word, lo, I'll be with you always. Um, We talked about the Lord's presence always being with the children of God. And that's great. We cut it off there. But today, this morning, I want to fast forward to that 40th year. I want to go to see if this all was true. Um, Certainly it is. And certainly we know if we're Bible readers or we've heard these accounts in the Word of God, we know... That the Lord did bring them into the promised land. But um, this morning I want, if you will, uh, join me in Numbers 20. If you'll turn to Numbers 20. is where the bulk of the message will be this morning. As we continue in to what the Lord has laid on my heart to speak about this type. Uh, the type that was this rock that, that, that Paul tells us in the Word of God. That rock was Christ. So we don't need to argue about it. We don't need to think, well, maybe it represents something else. Because the Bible is very emphatic that, it, that this rock was representative of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you come with me to Numbers 20, we'll just read from the beginning. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin. Last time in Exodus, it was the desert of Sin. They were two years into their journey. This is on the other side now. On the other side, there was a desert called the Desert of Zin. And it's very close to the Promised Land. In the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh. And this was, this was in the 39th year, bleeding into the 40th year. The final year of their uh, wandering, I should speak. And, and, and I want to say something about that. Because it's very instructive. If you walked from the Exodus, if you left out of Egypt and you went a straight line and you walked to the promised land on foot, it would take 11 days. 11 days. But it took the people of Egypt 40 years. I thought about that deeply this week as the Lord led me into that. I said, Lord, is that instructive? Yes, there is one way, and that way is in the Lord. And how much, I think we all can testify, how much things are easier in that one way. But when our flesh gets involved, when our unbelief gets involved, when our sinfulness rises up, we lose that way. And we're we're suffered to walk in that wilderness. And as many times as the Lord revealed Himself in that, that wilderness, and we went over the manna, we've talked about the rock, and we've talked about the uh, tree being thrown into the waters to make them sweet, and, and all throughout, there's been pictures of Christ all along. The brazen serpent was lifted up everywhere throughout this generation. We've seen Christ reveal Himself as the only way of salvation. And here we are now, as we're going all the way to the end, we've now went and a generation has passed. The generation that came out of Egypt is no more. And now there's a new generation. Does that mean things have changed? Has man changed? Has man now found a way? We've seen how you took care of our parents. We've seen all that and we've grown. We don't need you anymore, Lord. (laughs) Is that the case? Sometimes we're told those things. The more we, we learn about God and the more we apply Him, the less we need Him. The more we grow in knowledge. The more we grow in, in what was called grace. It, it gives us to the point where we need Him less and less in our life. Now, I don't know about you, but I've not found that to be true in my life. I've not found that to be true of my life almost 50 years old that I need Him less now than I did when I was 20 or when I was 25. I need Him more. More and more every day I'm learning and being shown the wickedness of my thoughts and the wickedness of of my sin. And I need what we just sang about, that precious blood, to be applied. I need the Lord to come and wash me in that blood to show me that my sins are forgiven. So no, it's not that I've learned something in this life and I've kept myself from sinning and I've kept myself from doing wrong. And we see that in this picture. We see that they're in the desert of Zen. The people are in Kadesh. And we begin this chapter with death. Miriam died there and was buried there. We'll end this chapter in death. Aaron dies in this chapter. And we'll talk more about that later. But as we go back to our type here, we look in verse 2 and we see that there was no water again for the congregation. Well, wait a minute now. You said that rock would go with them all their days. And it's true. You'll see the rock is there again. And that's the point in this wilderness and in this travel that we have. Christ is always there. But it's our unbelief. It's our sins against Him. It's our thoughts about this world and how we get inundated in this world and the things of this world that we lose sight that Christ is there. And so, even though the rock is there, the people are coming in this wilderness and they're thirsty again. Because you'll see something here shortly. They're not coming to the rock. Let's hold on. Let's read on a little bit. There was no water for the congregation. They gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God... Oh, would it have been God's will that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? That brethren was those that wandered up to this point and that generation has passed away. And now, because of the wantonness and because of their thirst, because of their desire for those physical things, (coughs) they're looking at their brethren that are past and they say they're even better off than we are. They didn't enter the promised land and that doesn't matter. What matters is they're not thirsty and we are. And sometimes we know that's the complaining nature that we have. And we, we I said that last time I was up here. If we weren't exercised, people, if we didn't see the same thing or it wasn't revealed in our soul that it's the same way we are, We would pick up a stone and we would cast it at them and say, how can you be such unthankful people? How can you be such murmurers? How can you be that way knowing that God has been faithful all of your lives and all of the lives of your parents? But we all have a fallen nature. And we all succumb to that fallen nature. And we all follow that fallen nature many times in our life. And so once again... They're looking out at the first generation who are dead and past and said, it'd be better if we were just like them. Wow. And why, look at verse 4, and why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness? Now that blame shift goes back to Moses again. Why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? Now, keep in mind that that terminology we use, the promised land, think about that a minute. It's a promise. And it's a promise that's made to the children of God, or the children of Israel in this case, that stands for the children of God. And that promise is made to them, but that promise has not been achieved yet. The only way, and we'll see this later in the Word, the only way to enter into the promised land for you and I is by faith. The faith of His giving. So yes, we wander around. We look and we look to ourselves. And we look to provide for ourselves. But we're still in the wilderness. And we're still waiting. And so we feel justified. Because God has made us a promise. And the Lord has told us He would always be there with us. And the Lord has told us these things in the Word. And we sit there and we say, But Lord, You haven't performed them yet. And we become bitter. And we become to look at other machinations in our mind to provide a way in and of our own thinking that we can have peace in whatever situation it is we have. And so they turn to Moses. And they turn to Moses not as one to be a mediator, not as one to beseech the Lord as they had at other times, but thirst. Thirst has gotten to them. And they call out to Moses again and they said, you know what, it's your fault. And you've brought us out here and us and all of our cattle are going to die. And wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed or figs or vines or pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. These are the things that the spies spied out in the land. These are the things that Israel is still known for today. These are the things that they want Because they know that the the land is full of these things. God, why haven't you given it to us? Why haven't you brought us in there? And so, and and notice, the same generation, I mean the new generation is saying the very same things the old generation said. And that tells us something about fallen man. He never changes. The flesh never gets better. Never. Never. Our old nature in every generation will always be there. It will be in our children, our children's children, their children's children. And it will always be that way. There will always be that struggle. And the only struggle comes for the children of God. Because they have the new birth. They have the seed of Christ in them. They have a struggle that they go through in this life. Those outside of Christ don't have that. So we have, so it says, and wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. So that's their petition that they've made to Moses and Aaron. They've come to Aaron, they've complained of him and to Moses. And now, what is the answer? Well, now I want you to watch what the Lord brings Moses and Aaron to him. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. So they went to where they knew the Lord would be found, where it was the tabernacle, which He provided for them, where His glory came and resided with the people, where they had had His presence. And Moses and Aaron went there, and they besought the Lord. Isn't that what we're instructed to do in the Word? Isn't that what, what John the Baptist's uh, disciples did when they, when, they, when they took up the body of John and John was beheaded and, and they took up that body and they went and they buried it and then they went and they cried to Jesus and they told Him all about everything. That's what we're instructed to do. That's what, that's what the child of God has. He has that throne of grace. And that throne of, throne of grace is open for the child of God. And Moses and Aaron said, we're going to beseech the Lord. We're going to do everything right. You and I can do everything right too, religiously. We can say, you know what? I'm having a hard time. Let me pick up my Bible where God has met me many times. And that's a good thing. And it's a good thing that Moses and Aaron went away from the assembly and they went to the place they knew the Lord was found and they besought the Lord there. And I want you to know they find Him. He's there. And so we are instructed that way. And we're instructed to come to the Lord. The Lord is always there. He's always that present help for His children. And then look at verse 7. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... This is what the instruction was to Moses, and this is where the bulk of our text comes, where our picture comes again. That rock that one that's been with them all along. Look, take the rod, he says, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock. Speak ye unto the rock. Speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. Speak to the rock, Moses. Why? Why is our type different? Or is it? Is our type different? Because the first time, what we saw two weeks ago, is he instructed Moses to smite the rock. But the rock has already been smited, Christ has already died, he's already put away sins. Christ has already fulfilled the law. Christ is; a, It is finished in Christ. We, as the children of God, are instructed to speak, to ask, to pray unto the Lord. We're not instructed to put ourselves back under the law. We're not instructed to, to go the way of legal obedience. We're not instructed in the ways of forgetting or... Or discounting that the Lord has already come and He's already died for the sins of His people. Hold your finger there because, of course, we're coming back to our text and turn with me to Romans chapter 10. And I want you to look at Romans chapter 10 and we'll just begin in verse 4. Speak to the rock. Listen to what Paul writes. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So as we said earlier, the difference is faith. It's not in ourselves, and you'll see what Paul says here in a minute. It's not for us to conjure. It's not for us to do a duty. It's faith. The faith of the Lord's own giving. The faith of the Son of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. And we'll fast forward to the end. We know that Moses never made it into the promised land. Moses couldn't. He was the type of the law. doesn't mean Moses is not in heaven. We know he is. We know the Lord. he appeared in the Lord in the Mount of Transfiguration later. We know that he was a child of God. But his type, Jesus said it, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus Christ. John said that. The Holy Ghost said that. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Listen, dear ones. This is what faith says. This is what faith reveals. Faith says this Who shall ascend into heaven? What man can pull look at can that is to bring Christ down from above? What man can stir up Christ to do the will of the Father? What man is it that commands the Holy Ghost? What man is it by his obedience or his legal doings or his duties can tell God do it this way? What man can do that? That's what the law tells us. And the law was fulfilled in Christ. Speak to the rock. Don't smite that rock again. You smite that rock again, you're going to destroy the type. Speak to the rock. Christ has fulfilled the law. What man? What, what mediator? There is no mediator between man and it but the Lord Jesus Christ. Who can ascend... Who can come up and say, Christ, you work the way I tell you. Who can tell Christ that you're my co-pilot and I'll do my part and you do your part? Who can say those things? And the Apostle Paul tells us that no man can. The work of faith tells us that. That's what faith tells the child of God. That's what faith bears upon our soul. That we're needy and we're dependent upon the Lord to bring us to Him. That's what faith tells us. Faith tells us that the fountain of blood is open. Faith tells us that the throne of grace is open. Faith. The Lord Jesus Christ, faith. And as He brings us to Him, that He increases and we decrease. That's what we see here. Who shall ascend into heaven? Who shall say that? Or who shall descend into the deep? Who shall go into that is to bring Christ again from the dead? Christ is risen. We're not crucifying Him again. We're not smiting that rock again. He's died once. We're going to see that in Hebrews here in a minute. We're going to see that in Peter. We're going to see it all throughout the Word of God. He's died once. And He's not to be crucified over and over. And He's not to be on Sundays in particular religions taking the Mass that says, oh, I'm crucifying Him over and over. No, the Word of God is absolutely for- forbids that. He has died once. That's what He told Moses. Speak to the rock. There is union now with the rock. The rock is Christ. He has came. He has laid down His life. He has fulfilled the law. He is the perfect sacrifice. There will never be another sacrifice. Who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. So Paul said, we preach faith. We preach Christ who is faith. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What are you doing? You're confessing with your mouth. Speak to the rock. (laughs) Speak to the rock. The rock is where salvation is. It's not in you. It's not in something you have to do. He's done it all. Speak to the rock. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With confession. Speak to the rock. Moses, show them. Moses, show them the way. Thomas said, Lord, how do we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Moses, show him the rock. Speak to the rock. Show him this is the way of salvation is to speak to the rock. The rock is Christ. For the Scripture saith, whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed, and he shall not be cast out. All that come unto Him will be saved. All that come unto Him will have the spiritual water. All that come unto Him will have their thirst quenched. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there's our union. There's the union we have for Christ. The whosoever will is what we have in Christ. Who will do it, Lord? The Lord says, I will. I'm your shirt. I will. I am the one who has gone before you. I am the shepherd. I will bring my sheep. I will. I've done it. i fulfilled every type. I've done it. I've done everything for my people. How then shall they call on Him in whom they've not believed? Moses? How will they call upon the rock if you don't speak to the rock? How is it the people in here will not will call out to the Lord if they don't hear the preacher say, call out to the Lord. Don't call out to me. Call out to the pastor. Call out to the Lord. Call out to the Lord. He's our salvation. How shall they call on Him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? The Lord said, go, Moses. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Yes, Matthew seven, 7 tells us, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And I've already shared with you that, that passage that, we, that, that John the Baptist, when he was killed, go and tell Jesus. Go and tell Jesus. Jesus is the one who, who bears all of our burdens. The Lord is the one who is the healer of all of our infirmities. The Lord is our peace. Where else can we go? Lord, You have the words of eternal life. Speak to the rock, Moses. Speak to the rock. Romans 7, 4, Paul writes, Wherefore, my brethren, ye are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ. You're dead to the law because he's been smitten by the body of Christ that ye should be married to another even to Him who is raised from the dead. That's our betrothed. It's not the law. It's not the have-tos. It's not the duty. Oh no, our Lord is—he's—he's he's done that. Perfectly, I might add. In perfect obedience. We should be married to another, even to Him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Let's go back to our... Our passage. We've come one more time to the New Testament today, but not quite yet. So back to verse twenty. I'm not not verse twenty, chapter twenty. Verse eight says, "Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring them bring forth to them water out of the rock." so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts a drink. Everything's good, right? Speak to the rock, Moses. You've heard me. Are you perfectly obedient, Moses? Go out there in your own obedience now. Let's see what happens. Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, you rebels! Must we fetch you water out of this rock? Moses was tired of the people complaining. Moses was sick and tired of it. You know how we get. And that flesh and that self just rose up and said, I'm going to have it my way. I know what you said, Lord. But how many times do we have to hear these people? But see, the Lord is long-suffering toward His people. And that's what He shows us throughout the Word. He's long-suffering toward His people. We're not. Moses, oh, he's been so patient. He's interceded on behalf of the people so many times. Lord, don't destroy them! Don't destroy them! But not this time. I'm going to take that rock and he lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And when he smote that rock twice, he destroyed the very type that we have had going throughout all of the deliverance out of Israel. Hmm. He lifted up his hand, and with the rod he smote the rock twice. Or. He smote the rock the second time. That isn't what he was told though. Moses, why would you do such a thing? What are we capable of? We know the Lord has fulfilled the law. Moses says, no, I'm going to put them... It's it's you people who've done this. You're rebels. Did Did the Lord call them such? No. Speak to the people. It's sad, but it's instructive. It's sad because we know when we see it, we say, "Ah, I've been there. Thou art the man. I know what the Lord says in His Word. I know what He tells me. I know what He says. He says, seek me. Speak to me. And yet I'll go and I'll smite that rock again. And I'll tell the Lord about my obedience and I'll tell Him how good I've been. And I'll tell Him what do the same things I'm supposed to do. And I'll go looking for some kind of favor. Moses smoked that rock two more times. But I want you to see something. The water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their beasts also. Well, I told you we were going to look at a couple passages in Hebrews and I just wrote them down so we don't have to go there. But Hebrews 7.27 says this. Who needed not daily as those high priests who offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this He did once when He offered up Himself. Don't smite that rock again. We've already done that. we fulfilled that. Speak to it. Hebrews 9.28 tells us, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Once offered. To bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for Him. Look, listen, what is that? Faith. Faith is how we see Him. So those that look for Him shall He appear the second time Without sin unto salvation. Physically, spiritually. The Lord appears to it. That's, what it. that's what He just showed Moses. I said, speak to the rock. He didn't speak to the rock. He said, if you speak to the rock, by faith you speak to the rock, I will give forth my water. The type will still be in place. We're going we're to read something here in a minute. But we, like I said, we also have the promise. We have the promise. This is what I said earlier. We have the promises in the Word. We have what the Lord says. I'll come again. We have it all throughout the Word. We see it here again. He's not coming again to die for sins. He's done that. He's coming to complete salvation for all of His people. But we lose sight of that. We lose sight of that sometimes. And and I know I've I've read these guys throughout the ages and, and they say the same things. They say, well, the people are getting hardened that I'm preaching against. Because... Some some ministers would preach that the Lord was coming in their time. And it wouldn't happen. And the people would start to get murmurous and complaining, just like we see in our type today. So what do we do? It's the same thing. We look and we say, well, Lord, I know the promise of the Word. I know what You said. I know about that day. I know what You've said. I I know what Your promises are. But Lord, where are You? But i got to say this. That's what I'm saying. Look at the beauty. Look, oh, oh, Lord, come quickly. That we would see the beauty in the Word. The Lord brought forth water. See, it wasn't dependent upon Moses. It wasn't dependent upon Moses' ability or Moses' duty. The Lord came in His power and He gave them the water. See, it's not dependent on you and I. It doesn't matter what we think or it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what we tell the Lord He's got to do or what He's got to do. The Lord's faithful. That's comforting to me. That's comforting to me because I know in my life I get many things wrong. i got many in my house that tell me that. And they're right. I get things wrong. I get things wrong sometimes. There's early times in my life and times of late. I've read the Word. I've misinterpreted the Word. This passage we're in today, I've looked at this passage many times. I've never seen the depth that the Lord has revealed today. But has that kept His truth from being thwarted? Has that kept the the truth from being accomplished? Has it kept His will from being done? No. That's comforting to me that my unbelief can't thwart the will of God. My inability or my failings cannot thwart the will of God. He has spoken in His Son. He has finished all things in His Son. He has provided abundantly in His Son. And most importantly, there is forgiveness in His Son. That blood we sang about, the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It's the same blood that covered Moses' sin. It's the same blood that... Why Moses is in heaven today. Well, you, well, how can he be? He, he disobeyed God. He, he didn't do what God said. Herein we stand. Many times. Not doing what the Lord tells us. Or what, what is revealed in His Word. But His mercy. And His long-suffering toward us. It's unfathomable. It it is so deep. And it's so powerful to lift us up out of the mire to show us that I've done it. I've done it for you. You're Mephibosheth. You're lame on your feet. I know you can't come to the table. I'm bringing you to the table. I'm providing the food. I'm providing the beverage. I'm providing all things for you because you stand in need. In Peter, First Peter three eighteen, we read: For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, suffered once. You want to know why it's wrong what He did? I just 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 showed you the scriptures why. Oh, then we come to verse twelve. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because you believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Now notice that's, that's the problem. You say, oh, he, he, broke, he hit that rock again. He shouldn't have. No, no. He did not live for Christ. He did not preach to the children Christ. He did not reveal to them or try to reveal to them or show them the way was in the rock by speaking to the rock. He didn't tell them. He didn't show them that the law was fulfilled. He didn't show them that Christ has already died. He did not sanctify. He did not lift up Christ. I say those words and my heart is so heavy. Heavy. Because it's it's fearful. It's, It's fearful to hear those words. You have not sanctified me. You have not lifted up me. And because of that, you will suffer loss. You will suffer great loss. Therefore, you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. You won't do it, Moses. It's not going to be you. Now, honestly, do I think this affected Moses? The flesh, yes. He had wandered all this time. He had put up with all those people. Do I believe that Moses was affected in his fleshly being? Yeah. But not in his spirit. No, not in his soul. Because Moses knew he was saved by grace. And that he would not, he could salvation. If you follow, which we have in the past, and we followed Moses' life up to that day in in Numbers 27 when he's taken off the face of the earth. Moses went when his strength was still great, and Moses had to be the fulfillment of the type of the law. As he went to his grave, as he was buried, and don't ever forget that, the Lord buried him. No man has ever found him. Satan is disputing to try to dig him up there's a reason Satan always wants us to go back to the law he always wants that you say well no that's a religious thing yeah it is that the end of is death it had to be this way we we, we we know that the law came by Moses but grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus Christ turn with me over to Galatians 3 as we come to a close follow me with it, follow this with me, if you will. And we'll just start, we'll just start in 21. As we sit, we we sometimes get, I don't know, I I know I can speak for myself, sometimes I, when I see what the law does to me and when I, when I, when I fall prey to that and I, I have those legal thoughts and legal things and when the Lord reveals to me that I'm not going to fulfill that, sometimes I become bitter against the law. But listen to what Paul wrote. Is the law then... This is verse 21, sorry. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. See, the law has its place. That's the whole point Paul's trying to make. But the Scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith, there it is again, by faith of Jesus Christ, faith of Jesus Christ, might be given to them that believe. The only way we believe is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what He's telling us. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. not that what we've seen all throughout the journey in the Old Testament there? Haven't we seen that? Smite that rock. Show them that's the fulfillment of the law. But hey, speak to the rock the next time. Speak to it. Before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. See, the law shows us for us what Paul said, "How would I know not to covet if the law didn't say to me, "Don't covet." bad? Because it condemns us? No. There's no mercy in the law. None. But there's mercy and grace in Christ Jesus. And that's what He tells us here. He says, "Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster." To bring us unto Christ, to bring us the the interpretation there is to bring us to the outside, the, to up to Christ. Couldn't get us in Christ. That's what the faith of Christ is. It can only take you to the promised land. It can only take you to where you could see it, but you can't feel it in the soul. You can't have it applied in the soul. The law doesn't do that. The law. That's what he said. The law can't save. Those obedient actions can't save you. The must-tos and have-tos can't save you. It could bring you to where you see Christ. You could see the promised land, but you'll never enter into it. Christ is the way to enter into it. Joshua brought them into the promised land. Joshua, Jesus' name meaning Joshua, the Deliverer, the one who brought them into the promised land. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith, that faith is come, after the faith of Christ has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. No, he fulfilled it. No more can we look up to the Lord and say, I'm doing this for you, Lord. I know that you said I have to do this and I must do this and if I do this you'll bless me. No. That's not in the Word of God. That's in the Word of man. Christ has fulfilled the law. That rock, that rock is something you and I today by faith speak to. Oh, may He he come with power to bring you to the rock to speak to. To speak to Him. And even greater, may you hear His voice. To Him be all glory. Dear Heavenly Father, may you add Thy power and Thy clarity. For Thy name's sake. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.